Hello, Cryptonauts, and welcome back to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat. I am your host, Blockchain John, with my co-host, Jake Jabarelli and Cryptonaut Mike. Today, we are giving you the top 10 daily stats as well as your crypto news of the day. And the biggest news of today is that Shiba Inu is in the top 10 daily stats. With that said, check us out in Discord and YouTube. Enjoy the episode. Hello, Cryptonauts, and welcome back to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat. I am your host, Blockchain John, with my co-hosts, Jake Jabarelli and Cryptonaut Mike. How's it going, Mike? Pretty good, man. Awesome. How was your week? Oh, pretty great. Awesome. Lo- loving what's going on with the market. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully you're capitalizing on that, right? Hoddle, hoddle, hoddle. All day. How about you, Jake? What's going on? Yeah, uh, it's, it's going pretty good. Thanks, John. Uh, yeah, I've been I've been thrilling with watching the market. It's been really, really amazing. Uh, the market has been up and down, and I'm watching a couple of coins I'm really interested in that are really taking over and moving up. We'll see that in, in the top 10. But before we get started here, this content is for entertainment purposes only. Any comments made by us, the hosts, or any guests on our show is not financial advice. Back to you, John. Perfect. All right, let's get started with your top 10 daily stats. Starting off with Bitcoin settling at $59,984.25 with a seven-day loss of 10.6% and a market cap of $1.112 trillion. Number two, Ethereum settling at $4,013.80 with a seven-day loss of 3.7% and a market cap of $473 billion. Number three, Binance Coin settling at $456.52 with a seven-day loss of 9.3% and a market cap of $76 billion. Let's see here. Number four, Tether settling at $1 with a, with a seven-day gain of 0.3% and a market cap of $71 billion. Number five, Cardano settling at $1.95 with a uh, with a seven-day loss of 11.2% and a market cap of $62 billion. Number six, Solana, settling at $189.07 with a seven-day gain of 7.7% and a market cap of $56 billion. Number seven, XRP, settling at $1.01 with a seven-day loss of 11.8% and a seven-day uh, correction and a market cap of $47 billion. Number eight, Polkadot, settling at $40.94 with a seven-day loss of 8.1% and a market cap of $42 billion. Number nine, Shiba Inu in the top 10. Wow. Wow. Holy smokes. With a seven-day right. gain of 189.2%. Holy smokes in the past seven days. Wowzas. And market cap of $42 billion. Number 10, USD coin settling at $1. Who cares about the seven-day gain? No gain, no loss. Market cap of $32 billion. Did I tell you guys? Shiba Inu is up nearly 200%. That is insane. Yep. Yeah, it, it, it has actually gone up even in the last uh, hour or two. Uh, not actually hour or two, but I mean, the last 24 hours, it's up 70, 70%. But... It just keeps gaining them. I mean, it overtook USD coin and Dogecoin and Terra and Avalanche and Chainlink. I did not see this coming, honestly. 
And I've been talking about the top 15 now, even in our top 10, for a while. You just passed everybody up and jumped that's down into the top 10. Crazy, man. That's, so, that's called the, the Elon, our, Elon Musk magic. Yeah, what's our, uh, our market what's cap? Our, uh, market cap is uh, at uh, $2.6 trillion, down by 3.7%. All right, let's go ahead. As a reminder, you guys, make sure you collect your daily candies. I actually think I forgot to do that yesterday. Oh, no, I uh -oh. didn't. No, I didn't. I got it. I got it. I got it. Here we go. I got it. Six days in a row collecting candies. Make sure you collect your rewards as well. So, uh, if you guys like our content, please like and subscribe. If you're on YouTube, hit the notification bell as well. We post every Wednesday and Sunday. Uh, check us out on Discord. We also have a Patreon page now. You can come and join and get extra credit extra information, extra uh, content that we were producing on regular. We may be releasing an NFT in the near future in that Patreon, so sign up for Patreon when you get a chance. And if you also want to support the platform in other ways, you can donate via Bitcoin, Ethereum, Binance, or Basic Attention Token. All the links are in the description below. All right, Mike, we're going to switch over to Decrypt.co to get our daily news. Go ahead and, go ahead and give us the first one, please. So this article is from Jose Antonio Lanz, and it's El Salvador president buys the dip and adds 420 Bitcoin to the tre treasury, which is just awesome. Uh, the president and self-described emperor of El Salvador has taken advantage of today's Bitcoin drop and increased his country's reserves. Uh, Blue? I'm not sure how to say his name. <laughs> uh, anyways, the president announced today on Twitter in English that he had bought the Peruvial dip, uh, BTC, which had reached an all-time high of 67,000 last week, fell to below 60,000 today, according to CoinGecko and CoinMarketCap and everywhere else that sells Bitcoin. The amount of Bitcoin he bought was the icing on the cake, 420. For those unfamiliar with the number, 420 is a meme number associated with the cannabis culture. El Salvador adopted Bitcoin as legal tender September 7th. Wow, that it feels like so long ago they did that, but that is only about two months ago. Not even. Uh, in the past two months, the president has ordered four BTC purchases for the country's coffers. According to Disrupt Disruptia Magazine's estimates, El Salvador bought 200 Bitcoin at $51,000 on September 6th and another batch of 200 at $51,000 a day later. It purchased 150 Bitcoin at $52,000, and finally on September 19th, El Salvador bought the dip, acquiring 150 Bitcoin at $45,700. After raking up a portfolio of over 11 million in unrealized losses, the price of Bitcoin started to recover, reaching new highs. With this new purchase, uh, El Salvador has started Bitcoin reserves to 1,120, an average price of 53,000. 53. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah, 53,000. <laughs> the price tag of Bitcoin is nearly 59,000. Uh, so they, they've definitely made some money. That's yeah. crazy, man. You know, uh, speaking of that, I did get a chance to test out the Chivo wallet. And for Americans, if you want to try the Chivo wallet, it's easy. Go Just go to your uh, your app market, download the Chivo wallet, get verified. Uh, AML, KYC, of course, the uh, El Salvadorian government will have that uh, on file. But uh, you're allowed to uh, send 
pretty much remittances through the uh, crypto wallet, the Chiva wallet, to folks over in El Salvador. That's pretty cool, man. At a fraction of a price in comparison to something like Western Union. Exactly. It's amazing. And on top of that, they're actually utilizing the Lightning Network. That is freaking awesome. Continuing on, uh, article by Matthew DeSalvo. Investment firm aims to launch a Bitcoin bear ETF. Yes, it's actually a bear. No, I'm just kidding. That shorts BTC futures. That's what bear means. It's going down. An exchange-traded fund, otherwise known as an ETF, that shorts the price of Bitcoin futures contracts might be available soon on Wall Street. Direction, direction, that's misspelled, shares, ETF, trust, an ETF issuer yesterday applied to the SEC for an ETF. Can I say ETF more in this article? That would bet on the price of the biggest cryptocurrency going down, aptly named the bear, ETF. I say it obnoxiously from now on. An ETF is a popular investment tool <laughs> traded on a stock exchange that lets people buy shares that represent a particular asset, sector, commodity, or security. The first ever U.S. Bitcoin-related ETF, ProShares Bitcoin Strategy ETF, started trading on the New York Stock Exchange last week. The futures ETF, remember, drink whenever I say this, <laughs> which lets investors buy and share, sell shares that represent contracts betting on the price of Bitcoin, was hugely popular. It traded almost $1 billion in shares in its first day, which nearly broke the record for the Get Ready to Drink debuting ETF. <laughs> now, a number of invest investment companies are hoping to follow suit, and they are applying to the SEC for similar cryptocurrency-related, you know the word, ETF products. The SEC is expected to approve a number of future ETFs in the coming weeks, though it is though not a spot-based product that directly tracks the price of the asset itself, which they really should be doing, according to John. But the direction shares bear ETF would be unique because investors would be awarded, re rewarded if the price of Bitcoin dips. It's only a matter of time, in our opinion, before one of these was filed, right? Bloomberg ETF research uh, analyst James uh, Seffert told Decrypt. It will reset every single day and perform the exact opposite of Bitcoin over time. He added, so essentially, if Bitcoin goes up 5% and trading one day, the ETF will return minus 5% and vice versa. The SEC application said that the fund will generally maintain its short exposure to Bitcoin futures during the periods in which the value of Bitcoin is flat or declining, as well as the periods uh, during the periods in which the value of Bitcoin is rising. It added that the fund will would not directly invest or hold Bitcoin. A Bitcoin, I'm not going to read anymore. There's just too much ETF crap in here. But um, yeah, ETFs. ETFs. But uh, the point is that it's it's a shorting thing. It's going backwards versus going upwards. It's That's the reason they're getting a, the bear ETF. That's interesting. Uh, the reason I keep mentioning that spot trading is the the thing that we should all get into, especially when it comes to ETFs is that when it comes to spot trading, and correct me if I'm wrong, but spot trading actually does touch real Bitcoin, unlike futures. Futures just tethers the Bitcoin number digitally, but doesn't actually purchase Bitcoin itself. Yeah. You know, it's, everything's it's, traded in fiat. It's the easy, well, it's the easy way if you don't know how to do Bitcoin, and a lot of people still don't, and they're scared of it, and they just want something safe to protect them from Bitcoin, so... 
All right, let's move on over to the next article written by Jason Nelson. WWE ties up with Fox Entertainment uh, to go big on NFTs. See here. Just in time for Survivor Series, WWE and Bento Box Entertainment announced today the launch of a new line of NFTs in a multi-year deal with Blockchain Creative Labs. Launched earlier this year by Fox Entertainment, Blockchain Creative Labs previously released an NFT line based on the popular singing competition, The Masked Singer, earlier this month. Like those NFTs, the WWE collectibles are also on the Illuvio blockchain. Never heard of it. In June, Fox Entertainment announced it had invested $100 million in its new blockchain division. The WWE NFT drop is the first one from the Blockchain Creative Labs. Let's see here. Oops, lost my spot. Creative Labs that is based on a property not owned by Fox Entertainment. The WWE entered into a five-year media and broadcasting deal with Fox in 2018. An NFT is a unique type of token that can be used to represent ownership in a digital items in in this case, each of these tokens will be tied to an image of past and present WWE superstars, uh, events like WrestleMania and SummerSlam, and other iconic moments. The NFTs will be listed on the WWE's NFT marketplace. Well, there you go. If you're into WWE and you want to get one of these rare collectibles, there you go, NFT, man. That's the future. All right, with that said, next news article is written by Jeff Benson. CFTC and SAC are vying for crypto regulation control. Okay. Mere days after a Bloomberg report suggested the Treasury Department was set to give the Securities and Exchange Commission the bulk of the responsibility over regulating stablecoins, its sister agency is making a play to be the primary cop on the beat for the whole crypto sector. Roasting, 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 Acting Chair of the Commodity Futures Trading Commission and President Biden's nominee to officially take over requested that the Senate Committee on Agricultural, Nutrition, and Forestry give the CFTC more statutory power to regulate the digital asset sector. Scroll on down a bit here. Appearing before the committee as a part of his uh, confirmation hearing, uh, Beckenham said that the agency's recent enforcement action against the derivatives exchange BitMEX and stablecoin issuer Tether proved the agency has what it takes. However, he added, this is the tip of the iceberg, given that now $2.6 trillion crypto market cap, most of which he classified as commodities, raw or basic goods that can be traded on exchanges, quote, I think it's important for the committee to consider expanding authority for the CFTC, Beckenham told Com- Committee Chair Debbie Stabnow. Stabnow? Stabnow. While he acknowledged that this would certainly be a departure from our historical role as a derivatives regulator, he pointed to the rapid growth of the sector and uh, potentially risk to both investors and uh, financial stability. I think it's Critically important to have a primary cop on the beat, Beckham concluded, and certainly the CFTC is prepared to do that, if the committee so wishes. The Senate Agricultural Committee has jurisdiction over the CFTC. On Monday, Bloomberg reported that the SEC Chair Gary Gensler has lobbied the Treasury Department and the President's Working Group on Financial Markets, which he sits on along with Beckham and Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell, uh, for more authority over stablecoins, digital assets pegged to fiat currencies, 
according to the article. Gensler sought to clarify the SEC has existing power to oversee tokens which they're involved in investment transactions. It went on to say that the Treasury Department was prepared to let the SEC take lead on the $32 billion stablecoin market with the CFTC also playing a role. Historically, the SEC and the CFTC have been the primary regu regulatory players in the digital asset space with both uh, filling, uh, filling, filling overlapping roles. The SEC is responsible for regulating the trading of securities, assets that change hands with the expansion of future profits, but after refusing to classify either Bitcoin or Ethereum, the two largest crypto assets by market cap as securities, much of the crypto space is in a regulatory dead zone. The CFTC has referred to Bitcoin as a commodity since 2015, but that doesn't actually mean that it has power to regulate the cryptocurrency. This, <laughs> this August, CFTC Commissioner Don DeBerry Stump clarified that the agency isn't charged with regulating commodities, but with regulating derivatives based on those commodities, such as Bitcoin futures. For a number of years, the CFTC has aggressively used its broader enforcement authority to deter manipulation and fraud involving cash digital assets, even though the CFTC does not regulate them, Stump wrote. That's a point that Beckenham touched on today. We've we've been on the few we've been one of the few cops on the beat because of limited statutory authority related to anti-fraud and anti-manipulation, he said. Now he wants Congress to add some weapons to the CFTC's arsenal. Mm. I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, it's just more of the control factors that this had. I mean, I'm not saying that CFTC is wrong. Ultimately, they're just trying to manage what they what they can. But the thing that they don't seem to understand is it's more of a voluntary thing. I get that they're trying to protect people from themselves and, and making sure they don't do things that <laughs> are, you know, basically a little bit make them lose all their money. Yeah, but I don't get that. Yeah, I don't. I don't get it either. But you know, we live in the California. We live in the uh, babysitter states. So you'd think we know it better. Um, but uh, the, uh, so, I mean, I, I don't want to go into, you know, uh, what's it called, uh, conspiracy theory, because a lot of people say, well, you know, it's the rich people trying to keep it down. It's like, eh, I don't think so, because I feel like Bitcoin is, it's like anti-rich people, even though a lot of, obviously a lot of rich people have Bitcoin. Um, it's kind of the people's coin, and I don't want to sound like it's too communistic, but it's, it's kind of the taking it away from the establishment. And what was the government trying to do but regulate the establishment? They're trying to make sure people don't get hurt. And I get the point. It just always goes further than they intend. And this is where at one time, in my opinion, they can't do what they think they need to do. Like, oh, we need to protect people. Now, you just let people themselves up. Remember when we tried to remove uh, alcohol from people's know. hands? Remember what happened back in the 1930s? That was bad. Let's just not do that. I mean, if, if they were trying to protect people, all those guys from Robin Hood and Citadel would be in jail. So, Ooh, I, I, I don't know. Damn, that's a hard punch right there, man. Oh, I mean, not even, you know, water's wet. That's that's true, man. That's a true statement. Yeah. All right, Mike. But uh, moving on to the next article by Andrew Hayward. This is about uh, Shiba Inu. Ethereum meme token SHIB flips Dogecoin as Bitcoin slumps. I heard this earlier today, and I was like, no way. But then I realized it was market cap, and that made a lot more sense. Yep. Uh, Shiba Inu was pegged by some as a Dogecoin knockoff when it first caught fire this past spring. But now the apparent 
the uh, apprentice token. Yeah, apprentice token could soon become the meme master. Shiv is launched into the top ten coins by market cap and is now overtaken Doge on the list. Meanwhile, Bitcoin and much of the wider market are down today, following a massive forty-five percent spike in value over the past twenty-four hours, as per CoinGecko. Ke- sorry, CoinGecko. Shiba Inu and Ethereum-based token is currently all-time high at a price of zero point zero 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 six eight five six dollars per token over last week shib has climbed nearly 144 percent but based off earlier i think it was what 189 percent now mm-hmm. yeah I'm almost 200 percent but yeah it's it's ridiculously high right now that puts shib's uh current market cap at over 32 billion but we know it's 42 billion great mm-hmm. great number by the way um, and ninth place on CoinGecko's list, which that, I mean, reading that at the very beginning of this, it blew my mind. Did not see that coming. However, the market isn't showing a wider meme coin surge right now. Dogecoin is down more than 8% over the last 24 hours as price fell below 24 cents. That puts the market cap right around $32 billion. 8%. If Shiba Inu continues to rise the way it has over the past 24 hours and Dogecoin can't match its upward momentum, then Shiba Inu may uh, cement its place above Dogecoin by market cap, making it a premier meme coin in the crypto community market. Yep. Oh, 8%. <laughs> sorry. Shiba Inu actually has a market that you can, you know, it's like... Um... Like sushi swap, or uh, that they they actually are doing something above and beyond what Dogecoin ever did. And Dogecoin was always a joke. Well, Do- yeah, Dogecoin. Um, they didn't, there was no purpose behind it other than just to be a meme. There was no use case in it. Exactly. There's there's still no use case behind it. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, they're actually trying to do uh, smart contracts on Doge now. So trying, you know, just because you're trying, trying yeah. doesn't mean it's I'm not happening. Only doing it. They're trying. They're trying to like, oh, we should use this for something. Like, no, you shouldn't because it it has no cap. Put a cap on it, <laughs> then maybe. Um, but yeah, I think I think chips yeah. market total uh, coin cap is um, a million billion, which is still pretty dang high. But um, that, that's yeah. very ironic that you know Bitcoin, which is known for having a hard cap, their meme fork coin has no cap, whereas the Ethereum one, even though the number is ludicrous, there's actually a cap. Mm-hmm. Now, Uh, Shiba Inu on the other hand has seen a dramatic uptick in demand and value since early October rising 828% over the last 30 days as per CoinGecko the coin launched on popular cryptocurrency exchange Coinbase in mid-September but has experienced much larger gains just recently the wider crypto market is down about 4% today making Shiba Inu (laughs) the real anomaly amidst slumps from top coins like Ethereum and Bitcoin. Overnight, Bitcoin fell beneath $60,000 for the first time in 10 days. I keep seeing this, like, Bitcoin's under 60000 for the first time in 10 days, as if that's, like, some kind of joke. Like, yeah, it's just been 10 days and it's under sixty, even though a year ago it was, like, what, 20000 Yeah. A few months ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Somewhere around there. Anyways, um, yeah. It's down about 5% over the last 24 hours at current price of $59,000, that's Bitcoin. Ethereum, meanwhile, is down 4% today, briefly dipped below the 4,000 mark, currently sitting at $4,018. I can't believe Ethereum's over four grand too. 
that just came out of nowhere. That's just the beginning, no. man. Just the beginning. It's going to go higher, and it's going to go much higher, in my opinion. But... Oh, yeah. Oh, dude, definitely. It's, it's, uh, I don't remember who it was. I had somebody come to me about the time I actually bought a little bit of Sheeb. Just, just, I was like, hey, it's funny. Why not? Um, and I, I thought it was a meme coin. I like meme coins, so I buy meme coins because they're funny. But, um, not thinking it would ever be worth anything ever. I honestly did not care. Um, but I did have a client come to me and say, hey, could you buy me a lot of Sheeb? I was like, sure, yeah, we can buy you a lot of shit. How much you want? He's like, he wanted a lot, like way more than I thought. I'm like, why? Why? He's like, this is gonna be worth something, man. It's gonna be worth something. I'm like, fine, fine. No, he was right. <laughs> nice. I'm not gonna say how much it's worth now, but it's worth a ton more than it, than he thought it was gonna be. So nice, good move. At least there's some success there. Yeah, somebody made money off this. <laughs> All right, let's get that next one, Jake. All right, so uh, privacy blockchain putting up a hundred million to compete with Zcash and Monero by Jeff Benson. You likely haven't heard of Findora, a private, unless you're on this channel, in which case you probably have, a privacy-centric blockchain that makes it possible for users to share information without showing it. But if its strategy pays off, the under-the-radar blockchain developed by Discrete Labs—they're very discreet, that's why you can't see them—could be in competition with well-known privacy coins such as Zcash and Monero. Today, it announced a $100 million ecosystem fund to, to be used for research, development of new applications, infrastructure such as staking and liquidity. Money to be deployed uh, over the next three to five years or so comes from a mix of sources. The project raised eight figures in a private funding round last year led by Polychain Capital. Some of that investment was in crypto assets, and the massive rise in market cap has helped uh, stock Findora's treasury. A December public offering of its FINRA, or pardon me, FRA token, not FINRA, to, uh, added to that total. Part of Findora's value proposition is linking components of traditional finance with principles of privacy. Hmm, didn't we have something about privacy just last week? Whereas some privacy yeah. protocols, namely Zcash and Monero, prioritize an anonymity over auditability. Oop, two big words there. Fedora uses selective disclosure agreements that allow for third-party audits. Moreover, Fedora aims to bring the privacy features of those blockchains to a network modeled somewhat after a one-layer blockchain that people build upon. In fact, in integrated it integrated the ethereum virtual machine for smart contracts back in september some people have said that it is program a programmable form of zcash the street labs vp the product product warren paul anderson well that's a long name <laughs> sorry product warren paul anderson um told decrypt or someone even said it's a more ethical form of monero and that's no knock to either one of those teams they actually all run very similar technology. He added that Fendora's research team created the bulletproofs technology used on Monero. The programmability is a big step. Fendora is looking to create decentralized applications, allow people to create their own tokens atop its blockchain, and put stablecoins in the mix. If that sounds like decentralized finance, you're right. Anderson is hoping to see decentralized exchanges leading, pardon me, lending protocols and payment applications on Fendora as a result of the ecosystem fund. 
bunch of tweets. If you can't read them, I'm sorry. Developers can apply for grants in the Fendora Foundation to build platforms and protocols or platforms. Members of the Fendora DAO will use their FRA to vote on which ones get funded. Validators can also apply for funding as the blockchain aims to gain users. FRA users are also in line for rewards. Fendora is advertising annual rewards of as much as 250% for those who begin staking. That's great. That sounds a lot like DeFi to me, which goes live on the mainnet today along with delegation. But before they rush in, potential stakers, validators, and developers should know that Fendora isn't made up of anonymity maximalists. It is, it's got its own philosophy. Here it comes. A big thing that we talk about is the difference between privacy and secrecy, Anderson said. So privacy means you don't want the world to know everything. Secrecy means you don't want anyone to know something. Fedora is proud to be to support privacy, but it doesn't want its network to remain a secret anymore. All right, time to get into Fedora then, right? I want to. Ch- I want to check it out. I want that two hundred fifty percent. No. Yeah, it would be nice to go back to that. I mean, when when I was taking cake originally, it was up around that those high levels, and now it's down under 100%. I mean, I'm not complaining. 75% APY is ridiculously high. Mm-hmm. You won't get that with the banks, I'll tell you what. No, you won't. Definitely outside-the-box thinking for Pandora. Yep. Continuing uh, on. Continuing on, we have uh, another article from Scott Cipollina. Cream Finance. Suffers third hack, loses over $130 million. Oh my god, again? (laughs) (laughs) Cream Finance has been hacked, losing over $130 million. This marks the third time the DeFi protocol has been hacked. Cream Finance is a lending and borrowing protocol that runs on the Ethereum network. The attack, a flash loan identified by PeckShield Inc., resulted in mostly cream tokens, cream, being stolen. This is far from the first time the DeFi protocol has suffered a major attack. In February, hackers made off with $37.5 million in flash loan loan attacks, uh, tanking the price of cream by 30% in just one hour. Ouch. In August, Mm -hmm. uh, in August, cream was hacked all over again with the protocol being involved in a multi-million dollar exploit that resulted in an attacker making off with more than 418 million in app the the flexa network's native token and approximately 1300 ethereum at press time cream has again plummeted 28 percent following today's attack the token is trading at 113 dollars and 63 cents according to coin gecko should i continue on I think we no. got it, right? We understand that... At uh, this point, why, why are people <laughs> using cream at this point? Do not. Exactly. Yeah, please. This, this was... For uh, reinvesting uh, into hacking. Like, well, this is going to be ours. <laughs> oh, man. This, this is the one where the guy who is head of cream said after the last hack that he's going to report them to the IRS, right? If they don't return the money? Right. Or the funds, yeah, dude. <laughs> hey, you didn't pay your taxes. Like, hey, they just stole a bunch of money. I don't think they care about that. Yep, exactly right. You tax dodgers, how dare you steal money? I know. <laughs> I, I think if, if uh, for the last hack, it was a mistake. Like a lot of people who got paid on it 
weren't even actively trying to hack. It was just a mistake. Mm-hmm. And then before they could even people could even return the money, the guy came out threatening all the people who got funds, which is just well, we out, the, the worst PR I money. recall ever hearing. Yeah, yeah I remember that. Yeah. Okay, so this uh, yeah, this next article also by Andrew Hayward is Timberland dropping Ethereum music NFTs that you can remix. That actually sounds pretty cool. So Timothy Timberland Mosley is one of the defining producers the last 25 years. Known for his stuttering beats and lavish soundscapes for artists such as Aaliyah, Missy Elliott, Jay-Z, Justin Timberlake, and now he's launching his own music, NFT. Was Timberland also did that one song, um, uh, Too Late to Apologize, right? Mm, not sure. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know. I'm going to look it up right now. Uh, launching on November 2nd, Timberland's NFT collectibles are built around tracks of his upcoming EP titled Opera Noir. Each song from the EP has been split into a handful of individual elements, including beats, hooks, stems, which will be auctioned off individually as Ethereum NFTs. That's very interesting. I'm looking forward to see how that comes out. Ultimately, the collectibles or the collectors who amassed at least two of the NFTs will be able to access a web-based mixing app like a stream streamlined take on Apple's GarageBand that lets them plug in the song components and manipulate them to create custom remixes. That's cool, man. That is pretty cool. Uh, Timbaland launched his own music mixing video game called Beaterator? Beaterator in 2009. Uh, but the Opera Noir NFT project injects ownerships into the equation as fans purchase and play with NFT collectibles. It's also a promotional effort for the upcoming EP release, and Timberland told Decrypt that he's ever keen on new opportunities to connect with listeners. And that's pretty much it on that article. It's it's a neat idea. Yeah, super cool idea. We should definitely, uh, on one of our Sunday episodes, follow up on that. That that song that you're talking about, apologize. That is from from Timbaland. That's pretty cool. Yeah. What's yeah? Great song. What's the uh, music mixing video game called? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Fifth. It's not, it's not meter raider. It's beater raider. Beater raider. Beater raider. The kind of word you just want to say a lot, especially in mixed company. <clears throat> That's a good first car name. <laughs> no, it's the second car. It's your second car. Your, your second car is always the beater raider. I mean beater, sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. All right. Who's next? Am I next? I think so. Yeah. Oh, man. My eyes are watering. Uh, next article written by Scott Chaplina. There's only room for three or four Bitcoin ETFs. A Valkyrie Fund CIO. Yes. I remember this. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Steve McClurg, Chief Investment Officer of Valkyrie Fund, the company behind the Valkyrie Bitcoin Strategy ETF, said there is probably only room for a few U.S. uh, Bitcoin futures ETFs. As it grows, there's probably only room for, really, three or four of us, he told CNBC. 
during a recent interview. I think he's being overconfident on this. No. <laughs> the Chicago the Chicago yeah. Mercantile Exchange CME has limited issues issuers to two thousand contracts for October and four thousand for November. If the Bitcoin futures ETF space grows, said McClurg, I think the CME will extend those limits. McClurg em- emphasized that he was a pro competition in the space, saying the best strategy is actually just open up the playing field and letting other ETF issuers in. Yeah. Getting really drunk out here. We've already said ETF five times. I know. I know. Uh, tracking Bitcoin, <laughs> the, Valkyrie, the Valkyrie Bitcoin strategy ETF is a Bitcoin's future <laughs> ETF, meaning that users <laughs> don't receive shares backed by Bitcoin, but shares tied to the Bitcoin's future. Contracts to buy Bitcoin at a later date. However, McClurg is not necessarily very worried about tracking Bitcoin's price. Future trading is regulated by the Chicago Mercantile Exchange. One of the most important aspects of that regulation is setting a limit on the number of future contracts that an issuer like uh, Valkyrie can have per month. Uh, If the limit is exceeded, the futures ETF can buy future contracts for months in advance. This could, in theory, result in what is described as uh, contango. Uh, when fu- when future prices are higher than the current price of the underlying asset. To avoid that, McClurg told CNBC that Valkyrie sticks with the front months as uh, and we show that we're tracking the futures really closely. Given, uh, given current CME limits, McClurg noted, there's a lot of room for us and others to come into the space. You've already hit against those limits with 4,000 contracts in October, which means that you have to keep rolling out to the future months. Months, so we're going to see others having more tracking error if they have to get if they have to go to those other months. Rival uh, rival Bitcoin futures ETF ProShares is seeking an exemption from trading limits. Its CEO Michael Sapir said the firm has filed for the exemption with the CME, as well as saying that ProShares will request permission to invest in other kinds of derivative contracts. Even though we're going up against the biggest ETF launch of all time and the firm that's already gathered $1.2 billion, I think we're going to do quite well, McClurg added, speaking on the prehistoric ProShares ETF debut that almost saw $1 million traded on its first day. Oh, I'm so drunk now. I'm done. And so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> loving shots in that article. So alone if, if, you don't, if you don't know, obviously, uh, Valkyrie uh, Investments is the second uh, futures ETF that came out. The third one just came out yesterday. Um, which one was it? I've already forgot. I got to look it up. I'll look it up right now while you take the next one. Go ahead. All right. U.S. government <clears throat> government auctioning off three hundred thousand dollars worth of bitcoins. That's what six bitcoin, five bitcoin. <clears throat> U.S. government is, uh, sorry, article is written by Stephen Graves. U.S. government is auctioning off over 300,000, that won't even buy you a house, worth of Bitcoin this week. General Services Administration, GSA, is currently hosting an online auction of 4.92 Bitcoin worth, right, I just said it, at the current price of Bitcoin. The auction is split across five lots, bidding set to close at 5 p.m. Central Time on October 28th. Tomorrow, uh, the smallest lot available is 0.44 Bitcoin worth just under $26,000, while the largest lot is 1.5 Bitcoin worth a rough 90000 at current prices. The time of going to the press. Anybody go to the press at like 6 p.m. anymore? 
highest bids are a, a slight discount to the price of Bitcoin with all the winning bids currently totaling 283230 This isn't the first time the U.S. government has auctioned off Bitcoin, with GSA arranging auctions of Bitcoin in March and April this year. In the former occasion, a single lot of 0.75 Bitcoin was purchased for 53104 21% premium on the then-current price of Bitcoin. On what? Yeah, somebody bought it for too much, right? Um, on the latter, the 11 lots amounting to 9.45 Bitcoin were sold for roughly half a million as a significant discount. At the then price, Bitcoin would be fetched around $520,000 on the market today. Uh, the open, the, pardon me, the U.S. government has conducted several big ticket sales in the past. In February of 2020, it sold off 4,000 Bitcoin worth $37 million. Uh, that had been forfeited in federal in the federal cr uh, criminal, civil, and administrative cases. Probably the most memorable sex auction was 2014, when 30,000 Bitcoin, then worth $20 million, seized from dark web places like Silk Road, were put up for sale by the U.S. Marshals, with venture capitalist Ken Draper scooping up most of the Bitcoin for an undisclosed price. At today's prices, uh, Draper's haul would be worth about $1.7 which I'm sure he realized was what happened. Indeed, over the years, the U.S. government has lost billions of dollars by auctioning off Bitcoin that subsequently increased in value. Because they're idiots. Because that's our government for you. Look who the last president was. It just feels a little weird buying Bitcoin from the government. I don't... I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I it's only weird because it's assets, right? They don't treat it as... They don't really know its value. They don't understand it. I mean, maybe somebody in the government does, but... They're not allowed to take it because that would be illegal, right? So, if it's like buying anti-government money from the government, from the government, but like, like I said, <laughs> they don't think of it as money. They think of it as an asset. So, yeah, so like here, here's this car that was owned by a by a drug lord. You want it? All right, here's four thousand dollars. Yeah, they probably paid fifty for it, but we don't care because we're just trying to get rid of it. All right, now I just wanted to plug. So, in next article. Oh, uh, I just yeah. want to plug this in real no, quick. The, uh, the, 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 the Bitcoin futures ETF, the three companies so far is, uh, is uh, ProShares, uh, Valkyrie, and VanEck. That just came out yesterday. All right, that's it. Cool. cool. Our next article is by Scott Cipollina, and it's Bitcoin drops below $60,000 for the first time in 10 days. Yep, that's pretty much it. That's the article. Don't need to read into it. We've already been talking about this several times. Thank you, Scott Cipollina, for the the um, wonderful content. We're kind of going backwards because you know we read from from the most latest news to the oldest news, so I kind of just rewrote it and did a different article. All right, where am I? Which one's next? Well, you know, let let Mike have another one since he didn't technically didn't get to read an article. Yeah. Oh come <laughs> so this, on. This next article is also by Scott Cipollina. And it's about British police seize $2.7 million worth of Bitcoin from a teenager. Um, I'm stoked on this one. It's going to be a good article. Uh, British police have seized $2.7 million worth of Bitcoin from a 17-year-old boy who has not been identified for legal reasons in England. The boy set up, fake, set up a fake website as part of what was described as a sophisticated cyber fraud. Probably he not. used <laughs> maybe <laughs> let's see. He used eight thousand nine hundred dollars worth of stolen vouchers to buy Bitcoin. 
He was given a 12-month rehabilitation order by the London Crown Court. The fake website set up by the teenager in April 2020 was a near-carbon copy of Love to Shop, a website that sells gift cards and vouchers. People were duped into clicking on his website thinking they were accessing the official site, said Sam Skinner, prosecutor of the case. The police investigation found a total of 48 Bitcoin and a share of other cryptocurrencies, over 12,000 credit card numbers on the teenager's computer, and the details of additional 197 PayPal accounts. Wow. He admitted to the charges of money laundering and fraud, and the judge, Katerina Knight, said that if he were an adult, he would be going inside. This is not the first time Bitcoin has made its way into the British court system. In March of this year, five individuals were charged with a $27 million Bitcoin fraud case. The case lasted almost two years and saw five individuals make use of a loophole in a company called CoinSport, operated by Australian firm Casey Block Services, to commit the fraud. This has been a long-running investigation involving the vast amount of money, millions of pounds, said Prosecutor Malcolm. I sure would at the time. In April, two men were jailed after using dark websites to purchase cocaine from South America and trade that earned them $4.8 million. So this is just a bunch of different thefts in one article. Yeah. It is kind of wow, 12 months for that level of a scam? Bro, do you know how much money they probably dumped out just to make that happen? Millions. I bet you it was millions. Like, they probably... It, it probably no 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 it's stupid it's stupid i think when you have it's blockchain so technology can't you just tr trace it like that's what it's there for right i don't get it i love their description of what their kid did a sophisticated cyber fraud he, he copied a website and set up a bunch of accounts that's not sophisticated that is super sophisticated. i mean it's kind of kind of sophisticated you know he got 2.7 million dollars out of it and that guy, um, that kid, he's going to be something when he grows up someday. Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> the amount of dopamine he got in from those thefts. And he's not, he's, you know, he's going to get probation, mm -hmm. which is crazy. Hey, uh, the, you know what? The government better scoop him up and give him a job hey, stat. I was going to say if that. Because if he goes private sector. I was going to say that. Yeah, what? that's, that's going to happen. Yeah. Right? Yep. Don't yeah. just leave him in the system. Pick yep. him up and give him a good job and That's have him right. fight as a white hat. Exactly. Against I, bet you, all the other black I bet you the CIA is going to pick him up for sure. Oh, well, maybe the equivalent in, in, in the British system, but yeah. Yeah, true. All right, let's see what we got. One inch surges over 100% to all time highs. Uh, and that's that. Written by Scott Chaplin. Thank you. <laughs> All right, next news article written by Andrew Hayward. Crypto advocates protest gatekeeper Valve's NFT game ban on Steam. Okay, I, I want to read this. Let's see. Yeah, we should talk about this one too. Yeah, written by Andrew Hayward. Steam. Obviously, you guys know about Steam. Uh, you play games on Steam. If you have a Steam account. Yeah, okay. Yep. Steam is the largest digital marketplace for PC games, but it won't be where you find blockchain-based games with NFT assets or cryptocurrency integrations right now. Recently, the marketplace banned any games with NFT or crypto elements, but a number of crypto games developers and Web3 advocates are now pushing back against the decision. Today, digital right group Fight for the Future posted an open letter to Valve imploring the Steam creator and game developers to not ban crypto-fueled games from its marketplace. 
Joining the fight for the future in the initiative are NFT Gaming Infrastructure Platform Engine and the Blockchain Game Alliance, BGA, as well as 26 blockchain game studios. The BGA itself represents dozens of members, including major game publisher Ubisoft, Ethereum Layer 2 scaling solution Polygon, the Sandbox publisher Animoca Brands, and Atari. Valve Web 3 games are a fast-moving and exciting category of games that have a place within the Steam ecosystem, the letter reads. Please consider changing your stance on this issue and permit tokens and permit tokens and more broadly the use of blockchain tech on the Steam platform. Don't ban blockchain based games on Steam. The co-signer hoped, you know what? Actually, uh, what do you think, uh, Jake? This is actually a really nice article in comparison to the last one that was remember from the last uh, podcast we did? That one was brutal. Brutal. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's it's good to see that the companies are fighting for this because it it's um I, I get how to put it exactly I get how Steam is concerned because the typic the typification of how uh, games end up kind of ruining a market, especially when it's based on on uh, real markets. Like um, they're talking about doing that with uh, Fortnite, mm-hmm. and you know because what you go with, with Fortnite you can buy skins for the most part, but if you are allowed to buy your way into skill sets, you kind of ruin the game. I mean, this is what happened with um, Blizzard's Diablo. Um, at one point, people were just, you know, it became a, 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 mar- a marketplace to farm the game and cheat as much as possible to, just to make money in the real world. And it's I'm not saying Steam's wrong, but if they can keep things, if they can let people, like, put their own game, like, oh, yeah, this is, it's on Steam, but it's their own thing. It's not Steam thing. I, I, I can't, it's... It's sketch. I don't know how to put it any other way for me. Um, I've seen some pretty sketch games on Steam before where it's like, ooh. So you think, yeah. come on now. Do you, do you think there should be like a, a Steam DeFi or Steam Dex? Mm-hmm. For sure. I'm, I'm actually pro this. Uh, I think Steam should fight blockchain till the bitter end. Because if they don't, we're going to be in some weird kind of limbo where people want to put their games through Steam and that's going to really hinder a lot of decentralized growth in other platforms. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Let me yeah. continue on real quick. Let's see here. Steam instituted a ban earlier this month, updating its developer terms to state that creators shouldn't publish games or applications that are built on blockchain technology that issues or allows exchanges of cryptocurrencies or NFTs. The developers of Age of Rust, an upcoming blockchain-based adventure game, broke the news on October 14th, tweeting that it could no longer publish on Steam due to its updated regulations. Valve has yet to explain the decision, and representatives did not respond to Decrypt's request for comment. Well, there you go. All right. Yeah, definitely get like a Steam uh, decentralized uh, marketplace going. I would love to see that. We need to see a, like a an equivalent of Steam. It was a DAO. You know? Yeah. A, DAO, a Steam DAO. <laughs> It would be, oh yeah, uh, you can publish on this marketplace as long as you hold the token. It's engine, not up to dude, Steam. Engine, engine. Right, right, oh, right. But I'm just what I'm saying is it would be um, determined by whether or not you were participating in that engine or participating in that, you know, that's stated. So. All right. Is that. It can work. Are we good? Anything else? Yeah. Anything else looks good on here? From yesterday or the day before, let's see here. Ethereum supply on pace to shrink after ETH 2.0 upgrade. 
Economist DeFi rabbit hole cover NFT sales for $419,000 in Ethereum. Robinhood crypto revenue falls 78% as Dogecoin frenzy wears off. We need to allow banks to hold Bitcoin, FDIC chair. Mm-hmm. Tesla, no. Tesla confirms it may be, uh, may, uh, Tesla confirms it may in the future resume accepting Bitcoin, SEC filing. Board 8 Yacht Club, Ethereum NFT breaks records with $3.4 million in sales. Helium taps Dish Networks for crypto-powered 5G rollout. I know, that sounds like something I'd be interested in. Go ahead. Take it away, Jake. Helium taps Dish Networks for crypto-powered 5G rollout. This is something I'm very much interested in. We are slightly invested in. I will, as I said before in the disclaimer, none of this is financial advice, but this channel is somewhat involved in this concept. So... Crypto startup Helium showed that a user-run wireless network can be bootstrapped with token rewards, with its original Internet of Things network now boasting more than a quarter million active nodes. Now it aims to do the same thing with 5G connectivity in partnership with infrastructure provider FreedomFi and mobile service provider TV, uh, pardon me, mobile service and TV provider Dish Network has signed up to help. Today, Dish Network announced a deal with Helium enabling Dish wireless customers to share 5G wireless service by running a Helium node. Oh my goodness, that means you can sign up for Dish and actually get a 5G wireless Helium node? That would be pretty awesome. And earn the network's H&T reward token in return, which means you might be actually not paying anything for your Dish network services. Interesting. Dish understands the potential blockchain can have on uh, potential that blockchain can have on the wireless industry and is the first major carrier to join the people's network. Sounds weirdly communistic. This... Partnership is real validation that the HT incentive model is too po- is a powerful tool for deploying infrastructure at scale. Helium COO Frank Mong uh, told Decrypt. Another uh, together with DeFi, uh, DeFi together with Dish and FreedomFi. Well, it's those two words right there. He continued, Helium 5G will have a much broader reach where the customer benefits from the flywheel of network incentives and the application it enables. Helium's first long-fi network was designed exclusively to power IoT devices such as sensors and trackers, and as mentioned, it now has more than a quarter million user-operated nodes deployed around the world. The company says that another half million nodes are back-ordered, we know, we know, <laughs> suggesting significant additional scale to the right on the horizon. That network wasn't designed to handle devices like smartphones, tablets, laptops, but the new 5G network created with the partnership of Freedom 5 will. Similarly, users will deploy the 5G nodes and collective create the distributed network and service will earn HNT crypto tokens, uh, which can be swapped for another cryptocurrencies in exchange. Mong, to- Mong told uh, Decrypt that Freedom 5 is now shipping the first batch of compatible 5G oh, wireless man. nodes for Helium's network. And he predicts that as many as 40,000 of his nodes will be deployed by the end of 2022, depending on demand. Other hardware makers are also working on the 5G nodes, which plan to be uh, announced in the coming months. Now, remember, this is 5G fifth generation, which doesn't necessarily mean it's a particular frequency. It's just the fifth generation. It's not, you know, explicit speeds. H&T has seen a dramatic rise in the price uh, over the course of 2021, starting the year at about $1.36 a coin according to CoinGecko and hitting an all-time high of 2643 in August. Currently, it's worth about $21 as of this writing. Helium announced a $111 million funding, uh, dollar funding round in August led by uh, Andreessen Hor- Horowitz, Horowitz to further the scale of decentralized network plans. 
In September, Helium revealed a partnership with the city of San Jose, which we read in this in this podcast, uh, California, for a pilot pro- for a pilot program to fund internet access for low-income households via fundraiser fundraised by volunteer-operated Longfi nodes. In any case, my commentary therefore on this is. You know how you guys are paying a lot of money for uh, 5G service also on T-Mobile, Verizon, and or AT&T? Imagine not paying hardly anything except using H&T token to get, get it and get, to be able to get service where you are. That depend on your damn network. Oh, it's look, T-Mobile doesn't work here. Great. What am I paying you guys for? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm kind we of should curious. talk more about so... this on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, we should definitely talk about this on the Crypto Challenge chat. That's absolutely get, right. We got to get M back on the podcast for that. Uh, I'm kind of curious for San Jose. So since I live here, I drive around. I, I see things, obviously, right? I have to have my eyes open while I'm driving. And I do notice that there's new antennas being attached to streetlights. And I wonder if those are the helium uh, antennas. Probably not. They're probably Verizon, but... The, the 5G's range is roughly 300 meters, I believe. Mm-hmm. It's either 300 feet or 300 meters. Obviously, 300 meters is 1,000 feet, so it's probably 300 feet. It's relatively short, um, and it's mostly line of sight. It depends on whether or not you're talking about 5G that T-Mobile is using or 5G that Verizon is using. T-Mobile's frequency, I believe, is 600 megahertz, or 800, somewhere between 600 and 800, and then the one that Verizon is using is, um, I think, 5.8 gigahertz. Might be higher than that. I don't remember exactly. I just know that the problem with the higher speeds of the 5G, I mean, it's not the higher speeds themselves. It's what frequency you're using. If you're using a really high frequency that's gigahertz based, then if anything gets physically in the way of that signal, you have no signal. Mm-hmm. So that's the reason that the, the range is so much shorter is you need to have line of sight for it to work properly. Yeah. All right. What do you think? You want to wrap it up? I think we should wrap yeah, it up. Yeah, let's wrap it up. Cool. With that said, um... Actually, Jake, go ahead. Yeah. I just want to remind everybody that uh, we really appreciate your patronage. And if you will appreciate our patronage, you can sign up for a th- Patreon, because we now have a platform for that. We're also do- we also have a website, which is uh, c3media.tech. You guys can check that out and see pretty much everything that we have mentioned there as well. Uh, if you're on YouTube, please like and subscribe and help us out with the uh, algorithm of YouTube. And hit the notification bell if you appreciate hear this every Wednesday and Sunday. That's also true for Anchor and every other uh, podcast platform that Anchor distributes with. Uh, and if you appreciate, please donate through Bitcoin, Ethereum, Binance, or Basic Attention Token. All the links in the description below. All right, Kryptonauts. With that said, until next time, stack sets and hodl. Adios.